Did it have to be those two? It couldn't be helped, answered the pilot. All these primitive races are terrified of anything strange. If they saw us coming, there'd be general panic. And before we knew where we were, the bombs would be falling on top of us. You just can't rush these things. Captain Wixfiddle was absently minded making a cat's cradle out of his tentacles, in the way he did when he was worried. Of course, he said. If they don't come back, I can always go away and report the place dangerous. He brightened considerably. Yes, that would save a lot of trouble. And waste all the months we've spent studying it, said the pilot, scandalized. They won't be wasted, replied the captain, unraveling himself with a flick that no human eye could have followed. Our report will be useful for the next survey ship. I'll suggest that we make another visit in, oh, let's say five thousand years. By then the place may be civilized, though frankly I doubt it. Samuel Higginsbotham was settled down to a snack of cheese and cider when he saw the two figures approaching along the lane. He wiped his mouth with the back of his hand, put the bottle carefully down beside his hedge-trimming tools, and stared with mild surprise at the couple as they came into range. Morning, he said cheerfully, between mouthfuls of cheese. The strangers paused. One was surreptitiously ruffling through a small book, which, if Sam only knew, was packed with such common phrases and expressions as, Before the weather forecast, here is a gale warning. Stick em up, I've got you covered. And, Calling all cars. Danstor, who had no needs for these aids to memory, replied promptly enough. Good morning, my man, he said in his best BBC accent. Could you direct us to the nearest hamlet, village, small town, or other such civilized community? Eh? said Sam. He peered suspiciously at the strangers, aware for the first time that there was something very odd about their clothes. One did not, he realized dimly, normally wear a roll-top sweater with a smart pinstripe suit of the pattern fancied by city gents and the fellow who was still fussing with the little book was actually wearing full evening dress, which would have been faultless but for the lurid green and red tie, the hobnailed boots, and the cloth cap. Christine and Danstor had done their best, but they had seen too many television plays. When one considers that they had no other source of information, their sartorial aberrations were at least understandable. Sam scratched his head. Furners, I suppose he told himself. Not even the townsfolk got themselves up like this. He pointed down the road and gave them explicit directions in an accent so broad that no one residing outside the range of the BBC's West Regional Transmitter could have understood more than one word in three. Christiel and Danstor, whose home planet was so far away that Marconi's first signals couldn't possibly have reached it yet, did even worse than this. But they managed to get the general idea and retired in good order, both wondering if their knowledge of English was as good as they had believed. So came and passed, quite uneventfully, and without record in the history books, the first meeting between humanity and beings from outside. I suppose, said Danstor thoughtfully, but without much conviction, that he wouldn't have done. It would have saved us a lot of trouble. I'm afraid not. Judging by his clothes and the work he was obviously engaged upon, 
he could not have been a very intelligent or valuable citizen. I doubt if he would even have understood who we were. Here's another one, said Danstall, pointing ahead. Don't make sudden movements that might cause alarm. Just walk along naturally and let him speak first. The man ahead strode purposefully toward them, showed not the slightest signs of recognition, and before they had recovered, was already disappearing into the distance. Well, said Dunstall, it doesn't matter, replied Christille philosophically. He probably wouldn't have been any use either. That's no excuse for bad manners. They gazed with some indignation at the retreating back of Professor Fitzsimmons, as wearing his oldest hiking outfit and engrossed in a difficult piece of atomic theory, he dwindled down the lane. For the first time, Christille began to suspect uneasily that it might not be as simple to make...